Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Grace Avenue Church, hello, 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 hello. I should say Grace Avenue family. Uh, because you guys are family. Uh, If we haven't met, my name is Josh, and I get to pastor a church called Genesis Church in the great Northwest in Spokane, Washington, and I love Grace Avenue Church. I love Pastor Daniel and Janelle. Pastor Daniel, you are uh, one of my very good friends, and I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for your encouragement. I'm thankful for the wisdom that, like, the way you think Um, It inspires me and it triggers things in my brain. And I love having conversations with you on the phone and in person anytime we get to hang um, because I always leave better. I'm better uh, because of your friendship and your leadership. And um, I'm thankful for you and for your church. And we pray for you often. If you're joining for the first time, uh, you have you have stumbled onto a link or into on your iPhone, however you got here, to a great church. And I encourage you to keep on coming back. I know we might be socially distant, but we are spiritually connected by this technology. And what an honor it is to be able to join you representing my church, Genesis Church, my family, uh, my wife Carly, and our two kids, Solomon and Ruth. Um, we all send our greetings. And we love you so much. Um, We're going to jump into scripture here together today in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write down um, the title of my message today is called, It Wasn't Supposed to Be Like This. It wasn't supposed to be like this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed. David was greatly distressed. It wasn't supposed to be like this. He was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But, some of the best things in scripture come after that word right there. But, David strengthened himself In the Lord his God. David was greatly distressed, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. My aim here today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is to reach through this camera lens to people who are greatly distressed. It wasn't supposed to be like this. When you thought about 2020, when you were making up your New Year's resolutions, um, it wasn't supposed to be like this. When you were planning your family and you were planning your future and you were making financial decisions five months ago, six months ago, it wasn't supposed to be like this. There's no way you could have seen on the horizon a global pandemic. It wasn't supposed to be like this. You, You couldn't have seen that that global pandemic would trigger the beginning of the second once in a generation because these are once-in-a-generation economic downturns. This is the second one we're living through. The second once-in-a-generation economic downturn. It wasn't supposed to be like this. 
when you bought your home, when you started your business, when you took that new job, when you took the transfer, when you moved to the city in which you currently live, because your plans dictated that was the next step. It, was, it, it wasn't supposed to be like this. David was greatly distressed. It wasn't supposed to be like this. We'll see what this is in the passage of scripture. But for us, it wasn't supposed to be like this. A global pandemic, an economic downturn, the, um, the, the um, uh, outcry and the outrage over the murders of our black and brown brothers and sisters in the streets. Like, like it wasn't supposed to be like this. This, this reckoning that we, are, that we are having as a nation. It was, it was not supposed, we did not see it going this way. It wasn't supposed to be like this. And for many of us, it's causing great distress for good reasons. Greatly distressed. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The power of prayer and the presence of God, not as an escape but as an indispensable weapon in the arsenal of every Christian. David was greatly distressed, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. My aim here today is to bring the word of God to the parts of our world and our hearts and our lives that are experiencing great distress and to help equip us with something that David learned in a season of his life when the stakes were low, that would carry him through the season of his life when the stakes were far higher. God is giving us the opportunity right now to learn this invaluable skill, this power that we have access to that's so much greater than who we are and what we could ever hope to accomplish on our own. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Sure, he was greatly distressed, but he strengthened himself. Come on, Grace Avenue Church. Somebody say, strengthened himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Father, we are thankful for your word. We need it. Holy Spirit, I am asking from you that, that you would light a fire on the inside of me again for this word, again and again and again and again. The Holy Spirit, you would do what only you can do, which is you lead us into all wisdom. You lead us into all understanding. And we need wisdom from Scripture. Many of us are greatly distressed and we need wisdom from heaven. So Holy Spirit, you're so kind and faithful. And I ask that you unlock this word. You sow it deep into our hearts. We submit our hearts. We submit our ears. We submit our minds. And we say, speak, Lord. We're listening. We love you. And pray you're glorified in Jesus' name. Grace Avenue Church, sip. Amen. 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 Uh, uh, don't do that anymore, Josh. Okay, got it. Somebody said amen in the comments. I can feel it. I can see it. David was greatly distressed. I find comfort in the fact that David was greatly distressed. 
You're like, hey, pastor, that's a weird thing to find comfort in. I find comfort in it because David uh, is the king by which, he is the Israelite king by which all other kings are measured. David is the warrior poet. David is, is the one with a fire on the inside of him to run out into a pasture when the rest of the, the, the adult Israelite men are as scared to fight Goliath. David, as a teenage boy, has this resolve on the inside of him to step out into that plain and to fight Goliath. He is the same David who killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. Like that David, the one who united the northern and southern part, that united all of the tribes of Israel into one kingdom. Like he is that guy. He is the guy that is described as, as a man after God's own heart. That guy, he's the gold standard like David. He's the prom king. He's like, he could dunk a 14-foot hoop. Like he's, he is that guy. He's not just some, some like random upstart in a pasture somewhere. He is that guy. And David was greatly distressed. I find comfort in that because this has been a season for me and maybe for some of you as well where over this last 14 or 15 weeks I have experienced moments of great distress unlike I have in any other season in my world. In fact, it's thrown my wife off a little bit a few times in like I'll come home from work and and this has happened a couple of different times and she's like, I didn't know how, I didn't know how to interact with you. <laughs> Because, like, I've never seen you like that. I've never, I've never seen you in that amount of distress. Usually pretty even keel, pretty like, oh, I got this. But it's just the season of great distress. And I find comfort in the fact that even King David, one of the greatest that we have in Scripture, was greatly distressed. Scripture says he was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. It's important for us to understand contextually who these people were, these people who were wanting to stone him. These were not just like random people in the world. These were the people who came to be known as, as David's mighty men. And there were 600 of them who were like his day ones, like ride or die, we're with you forever, heart and soul, like we're never going anywhere. And like the previous four chapters, they've been, they've been living in caves with him, kind of like sleeping in caves and like fighting against armies and like making political alliances. And these are the people who told David, like, I, I'm with you forever. Like, I'm your guy. Go do whatever is in your heart. I'm with you, heart and soul. It's those people. David was greatly distressed because those people started to speak about killing him. Like, what do you do when the people who used to rock with you are now the ones with the rocks in their hands? Is, is, is one of the questions that I'm after because, because some of the distress that we're, that we're feeling as individuals and corporately as a nation is because a lot of the things that have welled up in us nationally, a lot of these things, they're, they're literally dividing families. And it's, it's turning friends against one another, best friends, childhood friends, brother against sister, brother against father, mother against daughter. Like, like the people who used to be your support system in seasons of great distress are no longer reliable as that type of support. Like what do you do when the people who used to rock with you are now the ones with the rocks in their hands? That's what David is feeling. 
He's greatly distressed because the people in his world who promised him that they were never going anywhere and we will fight with you till the end are now looking at him and wanting to kill him. They are the ones who are out there besmirching his character. Like, what do you do when the people who used to rock with you are now the ones with the rocks in their hands? When the people who were your support system are now out there misconstruing your intentions and turning your words against you and, and, and they, they, are, they, they are reading improperly into your motives and they're making assumptions and judgments about you like these people who used to be the one that you could cry on their shoulder and you could share your deepest hesitations and reservations and hang-ups and triumphs you shared it with them and now they are unreliable they're gone they've turned their back like what do you do when the ones who used to rock with you are now the ones with the rocks in their hand that's the distress that David is feeling this is not just a bad day at work for David this is his entire support system and network his family his world has just turned on him why because all the people, it says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were bitter in soul. I want to spend the majority of my time talking about how David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But it's important for us to lay the foundation of the season in which he learned that skill that would propel him through even more difficult seasons. The people who used to rock with him now have the rocks in their hands because they were bitter in soul. And when you're bitter in soul, you say things you wouldn't normally say. You do things you wouldn't normally do. You act in ways you wouldn't normally act because there's some bitterness in our soul. And what this season is uncovering and, and is welling up and bringing out is there's bitterness in our, in our souls for, for, for good reason. There's, there's, there's bitterness that's being drawn up. It's always been in there, but it's coming up to the surface. And if I could just encourage those of you who you feel like those who used to rock with you are now the ones with the rocks in their hands. Can you just remember that everybody, we're tired nationally as a country, as individuals, there's, there's bitterness in our soul. And when people are bitter in soul, they do things they wouldn't normally do. They say things they wouldn't normally say. They act in ways they wouldn't normally act. So I feel like the world is turning on you. But maybe give them some grace because there's some bitterness in their soul. Why? They were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 1 says, When David and his men came to Ziklag, let's try and figure out why they're bitter in soul. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negeb and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it. This is 1 Samuel 30 verse 2. They had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but they carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came back to the city, this is verse 3. When David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire. And their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. 
Ziklag was the city in which they were based. It was a city in Philistine territory. And all David was trying to do, he was gone for three days. And all David was trying to do was make a better future for his family and for his people. That's what he's trying to do in this passage of scripture. He's gone to make, if you read the previous chapters, he's gone to try and make some political alliances. He's gone and run some raids against some enemies. The reason is, is because he's trying to secure a better future for his family. He made a miscalculation in that they left Ziklag, their hometown. All 600 of the men of fighting capability left to go with him. And the city was left vulnerable and defenseless. And an opportunistic enemy, an opportunistic enemy, when the defenses were down, an opportunistic enemy came in and stole everything and burned it to the ground. It wasn't supposed to be like this. All David was trying to do was to make a better future for his family. He was trying to secure some alliances for the future of the nation uh, over which he was anointed king. And they get back to Ziklag and find it burned and all of the women and children gone and all their livestock gone. Like it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be like this. And you, and you add the fact, add to the fact that David has, has it looks like seemingly lost his future. Add to that the fact that the people who are supposed to be with him have now turned on him because they're blaming him. It's his fault that all of their futures are gone too. Like, like, like I can imagine David looking at that and saying, when I left three days ago to try and go secure a better future for my family and I get back and, and my city is burned down and my, and my wife and my kids and all of my wealth is gone. I can imagine him thinking it wasn't supposed to be like this. All these plans that I made, the, the house that I bought, the business that I started, the, the kid that we had, this future that we set out into, like, and now we look around and Ziklag is burning wasn't supposed to be like this add to that the fact that the people who were his support system had turned on him David feels or, or, or David now seems to be alone David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep Scripture is doing, a, doing its very best to try and communicate the depth of the distress that David is feeling. And that brings us to verse 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And I want to spend the rest of my time talking about this rhythm and this discipline and this habit through prayer in the presence of God that David developed in this season that would sustain him in a season where the stakes were far higher. Because this is going to happen to David again in the future. But it's not just him living out in the desert when it happens next time. When it happens next time, he is actually living in the palace with the weight of a nation on his shoulders. And his family turns on him again. And the, the rhythm and the discipline of strengthening himself in the Lord his God that he learned when the stakes were low, it sustained him when the stakes were far higher. And God was so faithful to David all throughout his life of giving him these little moments to learn skills and develop habits and disciplines that would sustain him when the stakes were far higher. Like when David went and faced Goliath, it wasn't the first time he faced an un 
undefeatable enemy. He had already, before the weight of a nation was upon him as a teenager in that pasture uh, of warfare, it was the pasture with his sheep when he was all alone where he faced an undefeatable enemy in the lion and the bear two different times. God gave him the opportunity to develop the rhythm necessary that would sustain him when the stakes were higher. And I want to help you see that, that, that maybe it feels like you'll never encounter anything like COVID season again. And I pray that's the case. But this will not be the last difficult season you experience in your world. And God is giving us the ability right now to learn this rhythm and this discipline of strengthening ourselves in the Lord our God. So that when the stakes are far higher in the future, we have learned this rhythm and we are more stable by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when I get better at strengthening myself in the Lord my God, here's what David learned. The less I rely upon the strengthening and the affirmation of others, which makes me a far more valuable asset to my family, to my workplace, to my church, to this nation as a citizen. When I, when I get good and when you get good and you learn this rhythm of strengthening yourself in the Lord your God, the less you rely upon the people who rock with you for that strengthening and affirmation. Because you know where to go. And before we talk about, I, I want to give us some characteristics, four characteristics of people who have learned how to strengthen themselves in the Lord their God. But before we get there, I need to define what I mean. Because another passage or another translation says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And my fear is that when I say this, what you hear is David had a rhythm of positive affirmations in the morning. Like, like, my fear is what you hear is David would wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, bro, you're so handsome. You're so talented. You're so smart. Like, you got this, bro. Like, David, you have what it takes. Everything you need is within you. Like, you can do it. Like, you know, like looking in the mirror in the morning and just telling yourself you can do it. All that stuff is awesome. Great. I love that you have positive affirmations. But what David did and what we see in the Psalms, it goes so, so much deeper. And it is so much greater than just positive affirmations. Because your positive affirmations only have as much strength as you do. They only are as effective as your level of willpower. David wasn't looking in the morning and waking up. And when the people who, who used to rock with him now got the rocks in their hands. And he's going, you know what, David? It's okay. You don't need them. You don't don't need them anyway. They're liars. You don't need them. You just take care of number one. That's not, that's not what he's doing. He strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And we can look to the Psalms to see how he did it. And here's what it looks like. And here's this discipline and this rhythm of strengthening yourself in the Lord, your God. It looks like when you wake up in the morning, it's not staring into the mirror saying, you got this. It's waking up in the morning and declaring the nature and the character of who God is and what he is capable of. It looks like waking up up and saying, God, I'm thankful that you are on the throne today, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change. You are ever faithful, and you are kind, and you are my provider, and you are my banner, and you are my healing, and you are the place from which my strength comes. And God, because of what you did, you said that I am above and not beneath, that I am not defeated. I am the head and not the tail. I am more than an overcomer. Like, that's what it looks like 
like declaring the nature and character of God. That's what it looks like to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Somebody better drop an amen up in them chats. It's not just strengthening yourself. David didn't just strengthen himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Your positive affirmations are only as strong as you are. And go ahead and have your positive affirmations. As long as before that in the morning, it looks like declaring who God is. And then thanking him and saying, God, as your imager, as your representative, as the one who you have granted authority in this earth, I need your characteristics today. I need your confidence. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need your discernment. I need your meekness. I need your words to go ahead of me. That's what it looks like to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. David was greatly distressed. And he didn't combat his great distress with, with, hey buddy, you can do this. He strengthened himself. There is such power in the presence of God praying the nature and character of who your God is. I had to do this the other day. I was heading into a conversation that I didn't want to have. It was going to be a difficult conversation and I was feeling anxious in my spirit and I was unsettled and I was driving to that meeting and I just started saying, God, you know what? You are so confident. God, you are so sure. that You are certain, God. And, and you, you can discern people's thoughts and hearts and you answer questions they aren't even asking. We see this in Jesus' life. And I was just in the car, I was strengthening myself in the Lord. I wasn't saying, Josh, you know what? You can do it. You're bold. You're brave. You can do hard things. You can say courageous stuff. All that stuff is awesome. But it's far more powerful to start remembering who God is and then declaring as his imager, God, I carry your characteristics and I can have certainty like Luke tells me and like Acts tells me. I can have certainty and I have your confidence and I have your discernment and I have your meekness, not of my own, but that is on loan from heaven that you have given to me. That's what it looks like to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. And the better I get at strengthening myself in the Lord, the less I rely upon the strengthening and the affirmations of others. It doesn't matter if the people who used to rock with me now got the rocks in their hands because I know how to strengthen myself in the Lord my God. And when I'm experiencing, experiencing great distress, I got the secret weapon. It's power through prayer in the presence of God, strengthening myself in him. I got four characteristics I want to share with you about people who, what it looks like when people know how to strengthen themselves in the Lord. Number one, when you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord, you are far more clear-headed. Meaning, you're not making decisions based on getting noticed. We call that being thirsty. You're not making decisions based on how will the people who rock with you, how are the boys when you're on the golf course or when you're at happy hour or how, or how are the girls in your mom's, like, in your mom's group, like how are they, the, 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 your roommates who you're sharing classes with, like how are they going to discern what I'm doing? Are they going to affirm me for this decision that I'm making? Are they going to strengthen me? Are they going to agree? When I know how to strengthen myself in the Lord, my God, I'm far more clear headed and I'm not making decisions based on getting noticed by the people 
people who are my support network and my affirmation network. Because I know how to strengthen myself in the Lord my God. It makes me more clear-headed and I can make difficult decisions that may not be popular, but they are for my future and they're for my family and they're setting me up to win and they are disciplined decisions. I can make those decisions because I'm not relying upon the strengthening and affirmation of those who rock with me. I'm far more clear-headed. Why is this important? Because the best things in life don't always come with immediate feedback. And if I'm only making decisions based on getting immediate feedback from the people around me, are they going to like this? Are they going to hit the like button? Are they going to call me and say, why you're so brave? Are they like... Or am I making decisions with clear, clear-headed decisions with my future in mind? Because I don't need the strengthening and affirmation of the people around me. When I know how to strengthen myself in the Lord my God, I'm far more clear-headed. Now hear me. I'm not saying just don't care about what people think about you. That's not what I'm saying. My fear is that when I say you don't need the strengthening and affirmation, the other ditch is, well, I just don't care. You should care what people think about you. You shouldn't be controlled by what they think about you, but you should care what they think about you because you're called to people. Like, so I'm not saying be the person who's like, I just don't care. I just do me and I just tell it like it is. Like, you're a da- when you don't care about what other people think about you, you're a dangerous person. That's literally one of the definitions of a psychopath. One of the characteristics of psychopaths is that they, don't, they just don't care. You should care, but you shouldn't be controlled by it. You should be controlled by what others think about you. And when you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God, you're far more clear-headed. Number two, you're, you're more emotionally stable. Meaning, you're not draining to be around. When you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God, you are far more emotionally stable throughout the day. You're not a draining person to be around. We got far too many draining dads and far too many draining moms and far too many draining bosses and employees and friends because we don't know how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God. So we just go through the day letting our emotions lead. But when I know how to strengthen myself in the morning, I have the discipline and the rhythm of strengthening myself in the Lord my God. I'm far more emotionally stable, which makes me, number three, refreshing to the people around me. People who know how to strengthen themselves in the Lord, their God, are far more refreshing to the people around them. You are a river of, of life, a flowing river of life, this spring of living water bubbling out from the inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like you walk in a room and people go, yes, not, oh crap, why is he here? Like you walk in the room and, and you are refreshing to the people around you because the power of the Holy Spirit, you, you, you are allowing it to flow through you to the people around you. You're more clear-headed. You're more emotionally stable. You're far more refreshing to your family. And then number four, when you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord, you far more closely model your Father in heaven. And, and what this world needs is representatives of the kingdom of God who have been commissioned, as Paul said, with the ministry of reconciliation. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation, meaning we have been called to proclaim the fact that God is reconciling a lost and dead and sinful world back to him. He is redeeming creation. He is, he is making all things new. We have been given that ministry. And when we are so up in our feelings, we are not 
clear-headed, emotionally stable, refreshing representatives of a world that needs to see what it looks like to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. David was greatly distressed, but he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. A few verses later, David goes to chase down the enemy and get his family back. You know who goes with him? The 600 men who were wanting to stone him. There's something so attractive about a person who is not reliant upon the strengthening and affirmation of others. People want to follow you. You become an, inf an influencer. Everybody wants to be influencers. How do I, gosh, one of the best ways I see in scripture is learning how to strengthen myself in the Lord, my God. Maybe you're, you're in a, you are greatly distressed this morning. And I've taken all this time to hopefully show you about a great man who also experienced great distress and what he did about it. Because it's far more than just turning to your favorite substance or your favorite dopamine hit or buying this or looking at that or drinking this or eating that. It's far more than that. That we have access to a power that is far greater than us. And when we are in the rhythm and the habit of strengthening ourselves in the Lord our God, it is an absolute game changer. My friend who is experiencing great distress my encouragement, my exhortation to you, strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. You have access to power and authority that is so much bigger and greater and stronger and deeper than you are. Strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Amen. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Grace Avenue Church, I pray that you've been encouraged. Father, to, for the people who are, who are worshiping from their living rooms or from a bus or wherever they may be, God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that there would be strengthening in the Lord their God rising up. God, as they hear your characteristics, that you are ever faithful, that you'll never leave us and never forsake us, that you are providing for us. That even in our uncertainty, God, you are not leaving our side. That you are walking with us through this. That they would be strengthened in their distress. Supernaturally. More than just an emotional feeling. More than just like a deep breath. But refreshment and encouragement and strengthening in their souls. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you would say, Hey preacher, I wouldn't consider myself somebody who follows Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus right now because what I'm talking about goes far, it goes far beyond any willpower or positive affirmations. All that stuff is awesome. But you have access through the cross of Jesus Christ and his death, his, his life, death, burial, and resurrection that paid the penalty for your sin and has the ability to bring you from, from dead to alive in your soul. That he offers that to you here today simply by making him Lord. Scripture says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus rose again, he died for our sins and rose again, that we'll be saved. And I'm not promising that, that you follow Jesus and all of a sudden, oh, everything is awesome. No, but he empowers us to walk through this 
with power that we don't have access to outside of him. And so if that's you, if, if you're saying, Pastor, I, I need Jesus, what you're talking about, I, I'm greatly distressed. I need some refreshment, like at the deep core of who I am, like, like, like in my soul. I need that, my friend. It is available for you it, just by, by making Jesus the Lord of your life. So if that's you, I would love for you to incline your heart to the Father. Just, just, just think about God. Pray to him. I'm going to ask all of the Grace Avenue family to pray along together. Join your faith with the faith of those who are praying this prayer for the first time or maybe for the first time again. And my friend, if that's you, heaven is about to throw a party for you and you're about to come alive on the inside. So let's pray together. Would you repeat after me? Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned and I need you. Come into my world. Be my leader. Be my Lord. Refresh me. Renew me. Strengthen me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use my life to build your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Grace Avenue Church, come on. Church at home in your living rooms everywhere. Can you join the, the, the party in heaven for all of our brand new brothers and sisters who just prayed that for the first time? Grace Avenue, I pray you have been encouraged today. I love you. I can't wait to see you in person. God be with you in Jesus' name. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.